cloud computing and the comet trail of mobile and remote employees that go with it has the potential to reduce cybersecurity. That's one finding of a survey conducted by the SANS Institute. Joining me with details, SANS analyst David Hazar. Mr. Hazar, good to have you on. Uh, nice to be here. You did a survey of people involved with the transformation of workforces. What is it you were trying to discover in this whole cybersecurity realm? Well, I think that, you know, we've been going through workforce transformation almost through from the beginning of time. But if you look at that transformation over time and you kind of plotted that on a graph, right, we're nearing kind of the, the, the more vertical part of that exponential growth curve. And so what we wanted to really understand is what what are the transformations that organizations are experiencing right now? And what are the risks associated with those transformations as seen, as seen from the eyes of, you know, the risk security practitioners and those involved heavily with those, those transformations? And cloud is causing one of those transformations? I mean, what's the tie-in with cloud computing? Well, yeah, so the, that was, the, you know, one of the big findings was that transition to the cloud, you know, both infrastructure as a service, software as a service, you know, all the different aspects of cloud were big transformation efforts for these organizations. So transition to cloud, more of the infrastructure as a service, 51% of the respondents, software as a service, another 32%. So it's definitely top of mind for, for most organizations. And the people that you surveyed are described as security practitioners working in workforce transformation. Is that a subset of the cybersecurity workforce, or who are these people? Well, it's really, um, I think the way the question was phrased was more, uh, are you in in risk, security, and compliance, or workforce transformation? So the assumption was that, you know, if you're in risk and security and compliance, you have a broader view of the organization and the transformation efforts and are keyed into some of those those risks associated with workforce transformation. And then if you're actually involved in the transformation itself, that you would have some insight as well. And how does workforce transformation affect cybersecurity? What's your main finding here? Really, it's what are the risks, right, is what we were looking to to identify, is what are the risks what are, as, as a result of looking at those risks, we could kind of look and see maybe what are some of the, the benefits or some of the things that we could do to improve security as part of these transformations as well, which we go over in, in, the, in the paper some as well. And the main um, risks are what? I think the, the biggest risks that we, we identified were knowledge gaps. So moving to the cloud, um, implementing new technology and things there's just a large gap in the knowledge. So 46% of the respondents listed knowledge gaps in evolving technology as a concern and another 32% knowledge gaps in in security and and privacy. But also just, so, so, so part of that is, you know, as we transition to the cloud, for many of our workers, this is new technology. So do we understand it? Uh, Are we do we really understand that shared responsibility model of the cloud well enough to understand where our responsibility uh, ends and the providers begins? Uh, but then also on the flip side of that, it's do we have a strategy for leveraging that shared responsibility model appropriately? 
So we need to understand it well enough to not increase our risk by having having gaps in coverage. But at the same time, um, we need to have a strategy to leverage it appropriately. And let me describe that a little bit better. Um, we have a lot of things that we're responsible for securing in our environments, right? There's, there's so many things that, that we're required to do to keep our infrastructure and our applications secure. As we move towards platform as a service, software as a service, um, you know, functions as a service or uh, serverless architectures, we give up some of the responsibility for securing that, that infrastructure um, the platforms, even the software itself as we move towards software as a service. And so some of the things that have traditionally been a struggle for us, like vulnerability management, identity and access management, things like that may become easier as we shift some of the responsibility over to uh, the providers. But in our organizations, we have to understand where where we are okay giving up some of that control. Sure. Because along with giving up some of that responsibility, we're losing some visibility. And so just having a clear strategy and and defining very well which workloads can go to the cloud and which ones can't, but then streamlining the 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 onboarding process so that we can get some of that benefit from that shared responsibility model, I think is important. We're speaking with David Hazar. He's an analyst at the Sands Institute. And what are the implications of all this for organizations? Do they have to turn over their workforce to get people versed in these technologies and the implications, or can they retrain the uh, millennials and Xers used to programming in client server in C? Yeah, I I think that there needs to be a, a, a lot of training for a few reasons, right? So we're struggling with these knowledge gaps. So we need to keep people current. Technology is rapidly transforming, so we're going to have to retrain these users over time as well. Another thing that I see, um, which is interesting and and maybe not statistically significant, but as I interact with with different youth. Um, I'm not seeing just as as much interest as you would think that you would see in in STEM. You would think that because of you know all of the news and everything out there about security and technology and things like that, and knowing that there are high-paying jobs in those areas, that you'd see a lot of more a lot more interest. But I, I I'm just not seeing that. And again, that's just my observation. Um, from the youth that I interact with and my own children. And so I think that we're going to have to identify individuals in the organization that we can train to cover some of these gaps, right, to fill some of these gaps. And, you know, that's going to be an ongoing effort. I think in the government space, that may become, that may be even a little bit more difficult to fill those gaps because, in the in the enterprises, we can maybe leverage the global workforce where maybe in certain cultures or countries, there is more interest in in those areas, right? And so we may be able to fill those 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 gaps externally. 
but I don't know if there's the same capabilities in the government space to leverage those those foreign workers. And so I think that, that training is even more important potentially for government agencies. David Hazar is an analyst at the Sands Institute. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. We'll post this interview and a link to his study at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Subscribe to the Federal Drive at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit LiveXLive.com slash Podcast One to learn more and start your free trial.